podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. ¿No se merece tu familia lo mejor? Entonces, ¿por qué no los mejores huevos? Ahora, Egglands Best están disponibles en deliciosas opciones. Huevos clásicos de gallina libre de jaula y orgánicos de Egglands, que ofrecen un sabor más delicioso y fresco de granja, que le encantará a tu familia. En comparación con los huevos ordinarios, Egglands Best contiene la mejor nutrición como 6 veces más vitamina D, 10 veces más vitamina E y el doble de omega 3 y B12. Solo Egglands Best. Mejor sabor, mejor nutrición, mejores huevos. Visita egglandsbest.com para más información. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Extra podcast, post-match podcast extra, whatever you want to call it, um, after Palace have uh, drawn one all with Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, this pod is 24 hours late, so we apologize for that. Uh, but thank you very much to uh, all our patrons for your support. We really appreciate it. I had one question asking where the pod was. That's how much people are on board of this podcast. Uh, so uh, God bless all of you. Um, right, so we've got, who have we got? Uh Uh, Dom Fifield. I don't know why I blanked on people's names. Oh my god, it's so late. Uh, Dom, how you doing? Oh, thanks. You're blanking again, are you? I'm blanking again. Uh, how uh, how was last night for you? Uh, it was it was it was okay. It was a, obviously a bit frustrating at the end, but actually, I didn't think Palace really merited victory. So I was pleased to come away with a point. Um, and it was all fairly efficient. I mean, I'm, I was one of the lucky people that actually had a car park pass down at, at Brighton. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't have relished necessarily queuing for those trains post-match. I know it was a bit of a a bit of a trial for quite a lot of people. Um, but the atmosphere seemed good. Good point in the end, I think. And, um, yeah, we go again. And I think that's exactly the right phrase to go again. Last few times I've gone down, I managed to get a, a car park, and you feel... You feel very smug driving away, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> knowing people are really struggling. So uh, we hope everyone got home safely last night, because I know it's been a bit of a nightmare, really, Friday night down there. Um, Adam Sells, who's sipping a cup of cup of tea. Um, yeah, was a also, most welcome cup of tea. Oh, absolutely. Was also down there um, last night. Uh, if you could, yeah, let us know. How was your journey back? How was how was your evening in general? My, my evening consisted of... Um, a certain lawyer who's well known to this podcast um, deciding to challenge me in, by inviting himself to the game with me without said ticket, as he yeah, does. He does that. So, so um, sales cars was in full effect last mm. night. So, did he tip well? Than, did he did he tip well? Ra- rather than rather than mosey on down to uh, to the Amex myself and just you know taking the game, I had. Andy Street, who came by 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 um, train and then met me at the stadium, but Andy Street and I and Young Cassius were uh, treated to hospitality, courtesy of Brighton and Hove Albion in the managers' lounge. So we had food before the game and stuff like that, which was very nice. And uh, and then uh, I took uh, Edmund from the Sioux listens here, Edmund Brack that does the SLP. So. Sales cabs was in full effect to and fro. So I, after the game, 
uh, I dropped Andy and Cassius back in around the uh, Norwood Dulwich borders and then Ed to Root in Tootin. And then I got home at 2 a.m. this morning back in Canary Wharf. So it was, uh, I'd have probably been better off getting the train from Falmouth to be fair. I'd have got home quicker, but uh, one's got to do one's good deeds where possible. Indeed. And while you do that, Don Firefield was furiously typing away uh, at a latest article. Uh, I'm guessing as you dodged my question there, Adam, that um, Andy Street did not tip well. But uh, that is not, uh, new- that is uh, not uh, news. Andy, Andy, the only tips Andy Street ever gives you are legal ones, <laughs> which, which anyone that knows a lawyer knows that they tell you you could win, you could lose, and you could draw. And then one of those things happen. They go, yeah, I told you that happened, <laughs> which is the, which is the boss charging you an exorbitant fee for the privilege. So, well, uh, yeah. One of those things did happen last night for Palace, Dom. Oh, uh, Segway, Segway. Very good Segway. Uh, and Palace are charging exorbitant fees at the same time. Um, it was a one-all draw. You alluded to it earlier. Was that the first time this season that Palace have earned a point they didn't really earn on the night? Yeah, I, I thought that. I was, I was I was quite interested to some of the comments sifting through social media, and I, I, I took a mate back after the game, and he was he was bemoaning how this never happens. Well, it, it doesn't happen. It hasn't happened this season. Palace have not got points that they've warranted. This is, is is more the point. This was one of those times where rare time where where Palace probably didn't merit anything, in all honesty, and a bit like last season. Not quite as bad as our season, but a, a bit like it. They've they've come away with something to cling on to from from the game, which which was I don't know. It was, it was strangely heartening. I mean, Patrick Vieira post match was very very in, publicly encouraged by it. He he thought that we demonstrated defensive discipline off the ball that we we hadn't displayed in across the first half of the season. I mean, that's I guess that's the op- optimistic way of looking at it. I. I I thought we we rode our luck probably a bit too much to to suggest it was all down to defensive di- discipline, but there's an element of that, and it was a it was a sort of same rugged quality that you saw quite often. You definitely saw on Palace's last visit to the Amex last in last February, um, but it, it certainly wasn't the imposing and attacking philosophy, you know, possession of the ball. Um, high press, you know, lots of dynamism. It certainly wasn't any of that. And and, and indeed that was, by the sound of things, that was a deliberate tactic. They, they, they wanted to play deep to sort of draw Brighton out and then try and play in behind. But they, they never really used that, that front three that a lot of people had been hoping to see Palace pick. And it, it just, it just didn't click. It wasn't a successful tactic. And for that reason alone, I think, I think Palace were quite fortunate to come away with anything. Yeah, Adam, a lot of people are in uh, the patrons uh, in the Discord group, question groups. I recommend getting on that tier if you want to get your questions on the pod. Um, saying the same sort of thing, Mike Clark, a positive point from a poor performance. So two drops or one earned. It's probably one earned. Um, Matt, Just Matt Watts or Matt Watts, whatever he wants to be called. Um, a point earned or two dropped in question marks again. I'd say, well, I'll, I'll put that to you, Adam, in a minute, but I'd say one one earned. Uh, and then here's one from Ed G. One for Selzy, question mark. Was that our first nicked point or more frustration with another draw than it feels like we blew it? Tom, I don't know why we're bothering talking, to be honest. Let's just put all that to Well, I'm glad to see the punters have 
pulled it all together at long last. They see quality. Serious. They recognise quality. Yeah, yeah. If only it were true. Let's I'm going to make a cup of tea after. now. I'll see yeah, you in a bit. I'll yeah. see you in a bit. I was, yeah. was going to say, let's see what they're saying afterwards. Right? <laughs> <laughs> because um, I, the answer is, was it two points dropped or one game? The answer is both, really, is probably true. Um, it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't particularly good, nor, nor was Millwall the week before. And I think Patrick Vieira's put a bit more gloss on both performances than than, than he's merited, frankly. Um, I, I think, you know, there's absolutely no doubt that there is a, a pattern and we're a bit soft in the sense of that the amount of points we've let slip away late in games this season would have to question the game management of the of the management uh, as such, or the coaching staff, I should refer to them as, having used that term. Um, I thought the substitutions were poor. I thought, I, I, I couldn't understand yet again. And I, I'm going to try, I'm going to try and be balanced here because I think it's only fair that when you make points that you, you see the other side. There's been a couple of occasions this season I could think of off the top of my head, away to Man City and at home to Tottenham, where we've made a good positive substitution and it's come come right for us. The common denominator with those two games is they were both against 10 men. So, again, and teams that were chasing the game as such, I think, were 10 men. I've got to say, nearly in every other game that I can think of, the majority of changes that we've made, and we make a lot of changes because we've got good players on the bench, it nearly always ends up in a sort of negative situation as far as I'm concerned, and the team gets worse rather than better as a result. And I can think of numerous, numerous occasions. But last night, so we had Elise available to us, Edouard available, Eze available, Benteke, Mateta, of course, and so on. But we somehow ended up at one point with Will Hughes and Luka Milivojevic, Jeffrey Slap on the left, Conor Gallagher on the right, and a front two of Christian Benteke and Jean-Philippe Mateta for 15 minutes trying to see out the game. I don't know whose idea that was, but considering the amount of attacking talent that we've got at our disposal, that is not how it would be best served. And that ended up changing again. And you might have had a different view at home, Jim, but, and I don't know what Dom's view, but it appeared that Jean-Philippe Mateta played the last period of the game as a, as a, as a right-sided uh, midfield player. And, uh, and I just, you know, why are we making changes to end up in those type situations? And I should have said, I should have said actually last week that I forgot to to add on on the pod from the Millwall game is that we took an almighty risk with those substitutions at the den the week before in the sense that we made all the changes and the last half an hour from being totally in charge of the game again we slipped back and and got away with it at the end when they were slinging balls in the box Having made all those defensive changes, including bringing Nathaniel Klein on to play as a right-sided 
midfield player in order to protect Joel Ward. If Millwood scored, we'd have had to have played half an hour with that team in an attempt to try and win the game in the cup. I mean, that's just a little bit too risky for my liking, you know, to make all of those changes, knowing that's still a real possibility. It wasn't 4-1 with two minutes to go. It's It, it was 2-1. And again, last night, I thought the changes were poor. And I have to say, you know, overall this season, the, the in-game management has been very, very poor. One on the on the on the basis of the changes, and two on the basis of managing out games that we're in charge of. You know, and I would say to you, you know, even the Everton game that we won a couple of weeks before Christmas, from being in a total, uh, you know, a situation where we were totally in charge, we've ended up two one, and Vicente making a wonderful save at two one to keep us in the game. Uh, not keep us, sorry, keep us in the lead rather. And then Conor Gallagher whipping in a worldie from 30 yards, 25 yards in the last seconds of the game to, to secure the points for us. But we don't seem to manage the game very well when we're in a winning situation. Sometimes we've got away with it, sometimes we haven't. And as I said, to end up with that that personnel on the pitch at the end of the game, given the players that we had at our disposal all round was, you know, it, it just seems to me that we end up with too many square pegs in round holes and round pegs in square holes when we've got plenty of round pegs for round holes and plenty of square pegs for square holes. So I, I don't know, you might think I'm, I, I like Patrick Vieira. He's a great presence. He seems a good person. You know, he's clearly very good in attracting players that want to come and play for him and Crystal Palace. I think all that's a strength. I don't know whether the staff he's brought in are too naive and inexperienced or whether it's he or whether it's Ossian that's sort of leading this in his ear who seems to be in his ear for most of the game. But I've got to say, I thought the substitutions were appalling. And, you know, and, I, and again, I go back to other games you know, where we've made changes, Newcastle. We're in top, on top in the game against Newcastle, totally in charge. Callum Wilson scores a wonderful scissor kick and it's totally against the run of the game and the chances, possession, all that. So we make several changes instead of just sort of sticking at it or, or making an odds change. And we end up sort of hanging on for the draw at the end of the game. You know, it's I, I have to say... It is a concern of mine, and it, it does show a sort of lack of experience. So I know it probably doesn't suit the narrative of a lot of our fans who are enjoying the football, as am I. Whilst I'm enjoying the football, we couldn't play out last night either. Every time we try to play out, we play out, centre-half, short goal kick, goes to the full-back, tries to play the ball to one of the wide players, gets cut out, intercepted, press taken off them and we were back under pressure again and we did it time again and I think it showed also I sound like I'm ranting a bit but I think it showed also that Edward much as is a player I like doesn't appear to be able to play as a centre forward on his own in the games because he's offering us no presence to be able to link the game again and I like Edward but I'm again his odds and Edward 
really a centre forward. Don't know that he's really a wide player. Is he just a player that can play in a four four two or, you know, as a one behind the striker? Because again, you know, what looked on paper quite a nice front three that all the fans would have probably been licking their lips and telling you they want. Much as I'm not Christian Benteke's number one fan, we appear to do better with him in the side in terms of being able to hold the ball up and giving us a bit of an out ball when we're trying to play off a front player. Right, OK, a lot to unpack there. Um, Sorry. <laughs> firstly, when you said... You it, did ask. I did ask. <laughs> well, I didn't. Uh, Edgy asked. But firstly, when you said it was... Uh, your fault. When you said it was both, I was going to say, well, who's the lawyer now? Because that sounded like a very lawyer answer um, to give. And I guess we should... too much time in the car with street. That's what it does to you. Thanks for listening. The full episode of this FYP podcast post-match extra pod is available at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash FYP podcast. Podcast Network.